And welcome back into another episode of Bench Bums. I'm Cam Summers with me, Anthony Baird. Today we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of free agency so far. Uh, as you can tell by the title, the good, the bad, and the Cowboys, as Anthony takes a drink out of his Cowboys cup. Um, yes, that's water. I know most Cowboys fans might think it's a little harder than that with how free agency's gone for them, but uh, it is water. At least that's what Anthony has told me. Yeah, just water, just water. We'll see how it goes with the uh, with the rest of free agency. But hey, free agency is not over. We're just getting started with free agency. In fact, today uh, people could officially sign those contracts that were uh, in in agreement. So we've got a ton of free agency news analysis. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, uh, yeah, first off, Cameron, what what was the biggest surprise so far for you in free agency? Honestly, I think the biggest surprise for me uh, was Randy Gregory pulling out from going to the Cowboys and going to the Broncos. Um, That was the biggest shock for me. Um, Like, as a Broncos fan, I heard all these rumors of, you know, Chandler Jones, Von Miller's coming back, and and kind of out of nowhere – uh, they signed Randy Gregory. I felt like that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, and I felt like I'd heard reports like, "Oh, he's going back to the Cowboys." But uh, after further, you know, evaluation, the main reason, according to uh, some sources, is because of the verbiage that was in the contract with the Cowboys. And he said, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not messing around there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Denver." Uh, and you and I talked about it a little bit. Is it the Russ effect? Uh, Is it this? Is it that? Um, Realistically, I think it comes down to the verbiage of the contract. Yeah, I think it's the Jerry Jones effect. Uh, For whatever reason, the Cowboys always have to do things differently. So apparently they're one of the only teams or the only team that puts language like this in the contracts where it basically says, hey, if you get fined, if you get suspended, we can void your contract or we can void some of this money and – Look, the Cowboys have held on to Randy Gregory for like five or six years. The dude's been suspended every year. Um, so he's kind of he – he's, he's probably, you know, only in the league because of the right. Cowboys at this point. But at the same time, I can understand a guy like that thinking $28 million guaranteed. I need to make sure, you know, a $70 million contract, I need to make sure I get paid, you know, for my future, for my family. So I understand his perspective – uh, I'm mad at the Cowboys for doing that. There's a lot of pride in Dallas uh, with us Cowboys fans and the, the organization. So, you know, it just it just sucks to lose out on Randy Gregory. But hey, Von yeah, Miller's, Von Miller's still, still out, there, out so there. Don't give up um, hope yet, Cowboys fans. I, I've kind of given up hope on getting Von back. Even if he came at a discount, I'd be super happy. But uh, that's the biggest surprise, I, biggest shock to me as far as a signing uh, goes. What was the biggest shock uh, in your opinion? The biggest shock is really seeing that all these teams, and this is kind of a cheating <laughs> answer, all these teams that are fawning over Deshaun Watson, yeah. and, I, and I, I get it. Deshaun Watson is a generational talent. Um, but so, so let me, you know what, let me, let me specify. I think the biggest shock to me is how this whole Baker Mayfield situation is playing out. Um, 
we, we saw that Deshaun Watson was interested in, in what, the, the NFC South, New Orleans, the Panthers, and then Falcons as of late. Some people think they're just trying to drive the price up for the Saints and the Panthers. But here comes Cleveland basically saying, you know what, Baker, hey, I appreciate you getting us our first playoff win in decades. I appreciate you giving us winning football. And I, and I understand that you're still on the fifth year of your rookie contract, but, hey, Deshaun Watson's out there. And he's got, he, he might have 22 lawsuits pending against him. He might get suspended. But you know what? We're willing to take that chance. Yeah. Um, when that information came out, I was a little bit shocked. But then, in reality, it's the Browns. They do stuff that doesn't make sense all the time. Uh, so <laughs> it didn't shock me as, as much as, you know, you might think, but I think realistically it's going to be tough because, like you said, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, he's probably still going to get suspended. We have not heard from the NFL about what ramifications he's going to get come down from that. Uh, players are already up in arms about how inconsistent, and we talked about this last week, how inconsistent the suspensions have been. If you're going to suspend a guy for a whole season for – gambling $1,500, and then a guy has 22 lawsuits, and you suspend him four games, like, what are you doing? But I feel like that's the logic of the NFL. And so you don't know, are they going to make an example out of him? Are they going to suspend him a whole year? Are they going to suspend him 10 games? Um, If you're the Browns, do you want to take that gamble? I feel like the Browns have a roster that's close enough that with Baker, they can make the playoffs. If you got to wait, ten, if you have to trade away Baker, you have to wait ten games until you get Deshaun Watson. I don't know if Case Keenum can get you to the playoffs if he's playing the first ten games. And I think clearly the Browns are basically going for the home run. They're saying Baker was hurt last year. We know that, but we just don't think this is the guy that can get us to where we want to go. And so, let me ask you this, Cameron: Do you really think because Deshaun Watson really has the power? He's got a no trade clause, so he can. He's basically choosing where he wants to go at this point. All these teams have put together trade proposals that the or that the Texans have agreed to say yes to. Do you really think he would choose Cleveland over the Saints or the Panthers, knowing how historically that franchise has been running? Look, I like the Browns. I root. I'm a Cowboys fan, but hey, I I like rooting for the Browns. But I don't, I don't see him choosing Cleveland, but I mean, so I could be wrong. When I look at everything that goes into making this decision, you know, coaching situation, fit with an offense, fit with a, you know, upper management of a team, I think that realistically, as far as a roster standpoint, I think Cleveland makes the most sense. As far as a coaching standpoint, I think Cleveland makes the most sense. I think Stefanski is the best coach out of all three of those teams. However, he's from the Carolinas, played at Clemson. If he goes to the Panthers, automatically everybody that was a Clemson fan becomes a Panther fan if they're not already. Um, And he's got the whole backing of the entire community, not just the team, but the community. He's going back to his roots. Um, So I think that would be... I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to end up in Carolina because of that. Um, with the Saints, I don't think that makes any sense at all. Uh, you've got a lot of players moving around the Alvin Kamara situation. We don't know what's going to happen there. Um, and then a defensive-minded coach who 
did all right filling in for Sean Payton last year, but let's be real. Sean Payton um, put in all the work with the offense before that to prepare the offense to go into that game. And so uh, I just I think the Saints would be third on his list if if it were me. Browns roster wise, if he wants to win now, go to the Browns. Browns have the best roster. But he's playing the long game, and I think Carolina is where he ends up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I read a, a report that said basically um, there's a lot of players, quarterbacks in the league, sitting around waiting for Deshaun Watson to make his decision. So that shows – I mean, he's he's a generational yeah. talent, really. I mean, he got hurt early. But when he has been on the field, he's been one, he's been playing for Houston, which is not – they haven't necessarily put the best pieces around him other than Hopkins. And they gave him away and, for him. I mean, sandwich. the guy is incredible. <laughs> Less than a half yeah, a ham sandwich. pathetic. So, yeah, the, the whole the whole situation is interesting. And uh, I look – yeah, I look forward to seeing how it plays yeah, out. Yeah, me too. It, it's really intriguing. Um, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you one other one real quick. Um I think DJ Jones to Denver was was one of those. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Let's let's go to under the radar moves uh, that we think are going to make a big impact. I That's all right. There. For me, it's DJ Jones to Denver because of how active Denver's been in the free agent market. I think that's one under the radar move that's going to make a big impact on their front four and on their defense. Um, you know, if you can't stop the run, it's hard to win in the playoffs, and I think that's going to help Denver stop. Oh the yeah. Run. Um, I was super excited about the DJ Jones signing. He was the second highest rated interior defensive lineman uh, last year behind Aaron Donald. Uh, and to bring him in three years, $30 million, wow. I think that's that's almost, you know, that's a steal in my opinion. You know, second highest rated interior defensive lineman, you're getting him for that. Um, I mean, yes, it's no Aaron Donald, but let's be real. Aaron Donald's not going anywhere. If you can get the next best thing, in Denver for that price, I think you you've really done something right. And um, going from a sixth round draft pick to where he is now, I mean he's he's really really come a long way. I really like that. Um, I think he's going to be a huge impact as well. So, what's one under the radar move for you that you think? Yeah, maybe haven't hasn't been talked about a bunch, but it's going to make a big difference next yeah, year. Yeah, so I'd say. One that hasn't been talked about a ton, at least not in our area, is the signing of uh, Russell Gage to Tampa, three-year, $30 million contract. Um, obviously, Chris Godwin's coming off a torn ACL. He's not going to be 100% week one. Uh, I think Russell Gage can move in nicely to that. Antonio Brown, obviously, is never coming back to Tampa. Um, so they needed somebody. <laughs> and I think that uh, Russell Gage, you know, he filled in last year in Atlanta, played pretty well um obviously he's no number one i mean we've seen that but you put him with a chris godwin and a mike evans and with tom brady coming back i can only assume gronkowski is going to be coming back uh and with brady coming back i mean he he loves to hit those slot guys over the middle we've seen it time after time julian edelman Wes welker i mean i think Russell Gage can have that kind of the Wes Welker type impact. You know, Welker came to New England from the Dolphins. I think that we could see Russell Gage have a similar to Wes Welker type of production this year. We could see him get 80 catches over 1,000 yards. 
Yeah, and Tom Brady announcing he's coming back to the NFL during the uh, NCAA selection show. So, you know, made his big entrance, and now the dominoes are starting to fall in Tampa. I thought maybe this is a rebuild for Tampa. But, you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> Tom Brady's back, 45. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Russell Gage, I think that's a good pickup for them. Um, uh, you know, a guy that he's going to be able to maximize his potential in that Absolutely. offense. Absolutely. So this is a, a great situation for him. Great player for Tom I'm a little Brady. concerned about what Tampa's going to do with their running game, but to be determined. Nah, they don't need to run the ball. I hope they do, fantasy-wise. I, I, I don't like facing Tom Brady. Ah. I but, see. Uh, yeah, I have another uh, under-the-radar move that I feel like has kind of got talked about, not a ton, uh, and that's the Jaguars uh, signing Brandon Scherf three-year, $49.5 million contract. Um, they're going out, and they are protecting their quarterback, and that's huge. Uh, they got Christian Kirk as well. I know that's a big uh, kind of topic for debate as far as he's one of the highest-paid receivers. Is he worth it? Probably not, but um, they're, the Jaguars are trying, um, and si- the signing of Brandon Scherf, I think that kind of got swept under the rug. A little bit. Uh, it's not a huge signing, but someone that's been very productive. He's a little bit older in his 30s, um, but he's going to be kind of an anchor. You put him with Cam Robinson, uh, and then uh, Scherf plays guard. So we'll, we'll see if they decide, you know, free agency signing. Maybe they draft uh, Evan Neal, put him at the other tackle, or go to the defensive side of the ball. Be interesting to see now what they do. Yeah, been interesting to watch everything Jacksonville's doing. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, we'll get to Jacksonville when we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, we'll get there, so I don't want to get ahead of it. But um, another under-the-radar signing in terms of offensive line, I think Lake and Tomlinson to the Jets. Yeah. Same idea as with Jacksonville, protecting your young quarterback. He's a highly rated guard. And I think not only does that protect your quarterback, it allows you to get a better analysis of your quarterback. Absolutely. And where you think they are. It's it's hard for anybody to, you know, to survive in the NFL when you're getting hit that much. We saw with Andrew Luck, um, generational talent, but had to retire early due to injuries. So... You at least got to give these guys a chance if you're going to invest all that money into them and a top draft pick. So, Yeah, and I mean, looking at the Jets, they've got two top ten picks. So the free agent signings that they've made have made them that much better, and then I think they're going to get really a lot better after the draft as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in New York with both New York teams. Um, let's go to biggest... Uh, impact moves of the offseason so far? Okay. Uh, biggest impact move, one of, I should say, the biggest impact move uh, that I'm going to say is going to be the signing of Mitch Trubisky to Pittsburgh. I think that's going to be a huge impact for that offense, going from a statue and Ben Roethlisberger that looked like his feet were in cement and he had to chisel his shoulder out of the statue that he was to throw it four yards. Um I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for the Steelers, for their fans, uh, a little bit of a mobile quarterback. He, I mean, he took the Bears to the playoffs with 
a suspect offensive line, no real offensive weapons, and a terrible coach. So, you know, realistically... And a top the, defense. Top defense, yes. But he's going to a team with a top defense in the Steelers. So uh, he's going back to a team with a top defense, uh, a competent head coach, uh, to say the least, and Mike Tomlin. Plus, you get him for the price of a backup quarterback at two years, $14.25 million. I mean, just over $7 million a year. To me, that's that's a huge impact because not only because if he works out for that price, not only do you have your quarterback for the next two years at a very very discounted price, that allows you to go pay guys like Minka Fitzpatrick to keep all the defensive guys happy, to put weapons around him, to keep all those uh, weapons that he has signed long term. And I mean, we've seen it with Brady for a long time. When the quarterback doesn't get paid as much, you can build a team around him. They're just that much better. What What do you think Mitch Trubisky's ceiling is as a team? What, what do you think he Where do you think he raises the ceiling to for Pittsburgh? Let me put it that way. Is this a team that can go to the AFC Championship? That can you know maybe just get out of the wild card round, get out of the divisional round? I. I think you have to ask yourself that question. Right. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger's ceiling was getting to the playoffs, which was a shock to everyone. Right. Maybe that says a lot about the whole team, or that says maybe he wasn't quite as bad as Cameron is saying. Uh, <laughs> as a statue, you know. It was bad. Although it's hard to argue with, with you when you watch him play this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he he willed his team to victory, and he had the clutch gene. I'll never deny that. Uh, and I'm never trying to dog on his talent or his ability, but he just he it was brutal watching him the last couple of years. Um my dad's a Steelers fan, so I've watched plenty of Steelers games and whew, it was it was pretty brutal the last brutal. couple of years uh to watch Ben play. But looking at the ceiling of of where Trubisky can get to, I mean if I hate to say if the Browns get Deshaun Watson, he's the fourth best quarterback in his division. I mean, that's just the, the truth. Um, you're going up against Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and right now Baker Mayfield. Um, and realistically, I think Trubisky and Mayfield are about the same level, depending on the personnel you put around them. Um, so I would give the Steelers probably about the same ceiling as where they got last year. I think they've got a chance to be a wild card. Um possibly win a wild card game. I would give them a lot better shot to beat the Chiefs uh, in a wild card game this year than I would have last year, uh, just being honest, because last year uh, their offense was just so stagnant at times. Uh, I think he's going to breathe a breath of, of fresh air into the offense. Um, however, if Malik Willis is there at 20, they better take him. Yeah, I don't think Malik Willis will be there at 20. I don't but you make a good point about Trubisky's situation in Chicago. I think I think it was a great deal for Pittsburgh. You get a guy that has all the the measurables, the physical talent, you know, who seemingly, you know, revived his career in Buffalo. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he can do in a more competent offense with uh, a better franchise. But biggest surprise for or uh, biggest impact move for me. J.C. Jackson yeah. going to the Chargers. Hate to see it. I think it. in that division, it was a great chess move. They get a pass rusher in Khalil Mack, and they get 
a top-end cornerback in J.C. Jackson to go against Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that at all. Putting Khalil Mack with Bosa, uh, that's just going to make Jackson that much more productive. Whenever you have a good pass rush, you can get to the quarterback, get pressure on them. They don't make as good of decisions. So anytime uh, they're under pressure, you're going to see bad passes. Jackson's going to be the beneficiary of that. And he already was uh, one of the top players as far as getting uh, turnovers right behind um, Diggs from the Cowboys. So I, I look for just another I guess productive season, hopefully not against Denver, but he can intercept Patrick Mahomes. Well, I take that back. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> it always comes back to fantasy. It does. That's the thing about playing playing fantasy football is you're a fan of you're first a fan of football, and then you know you're a fan of your team, but then you're always thinking about, especially in a dynasty league like we have, right? Um, you're always thinking about your t- how this impacts your fantasy team. Like I'm thinking. The first thing I thought when Tom Brady went back to Tampa was, this is great for Chris Godwin. This is great. So, well, that's the way it goes. That's the fir- your first thought. My first thought was, oh, great. Adam's got a starting quarterback again. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, 40, he's 45. I mean, at some point, the wheel's got to fall off, right? Father time's undefeated, so we'll see. Yeah, caught up to Peyton quick. So now let's transition to uh, the good, the bad, and the Cowboys. I mean, the ugly. Um, It's never going to get old because uh, when we're talking about the best of free agency, um, I feel like I know who I think's done the best. Who do you think's done the best? Well, a lot of good moves in free agency, but... And I'm, I'm debating between a couple teams here, but I'm going to say overall impact. I'm going to say Denver, uh, and I'm not just doing this to to appease you, but I think when you go from I know you don't Teddy Bridgewater to. or Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, a quarterback who's won the Super Bowl, been in it twice, should have won it twice. You get Randy Gregory, who. You know what? Good luck. Good luck to Randy Gregory. Hopefully he doesn't get, you know, like four offsides in a crucial playoff game for your team. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't make a bunch of mental mistakes that cost arguably cost your team. Or get suspended. But nonetheless, or get suspended. I don't know if he's ever played a full year. Um, But nonetheless, Randy Gregory makes your pass rushing that much better. They get DJ Jones. You know, I think Denver probably – from where their ceiling was before to where it is now, I think it's hard to argue that Denver has had maybe the best offseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not just saying it because I'm a Denver fan. I would agree. I think Denver – I gave Denver an A-plus in my book so far. Uh, the icing on the cake would be if they could sign Bobby Wagner. That's that's what I'm praying for is that – Do they have the money for that? Uh, yeah, they do. They have the cap room? Yep. They do? So – yeah, they coming into this offseason, they had a ton of cap space. They had one of the top amounts of cap space available. Um, plus, the way that the contract worked out with Russ, uh, they're paying him not a ton. Uh, like, the cap hits not a lot based on what they sent uh, and what the Seahawks ate. Um, it's not a huge cap hit 
against them this year. So the next couple of years could be a little more dicey, but this year not not too bad. But yeah, Broncos A plus in my book. Uh, I couldn't agree more with everything you said. Uh, but they are my team, so I am a little biased. The I'm going to uh, give a, an honorable mention. Go ahead. I was going to say I was getting ready to give my honorable mention. So if you want to do yours first, go ahead. Honorable mention to uh, the Chargers, who we, who we mentioned there, Khalil Mack, Jason yep. Jackson. But also, I want, I want to talk about talk a little bit about Baltimore getting uh, Marcus Williams to boost their secondary. Might have the best second, one of the best secondaries in the league. And Zadarius Smith today reports that he's signing with uh, Baltimore. So you get a Pro Bowl caliber pass rusher, a Pro Bowl caliber safety to add to your already good defense that just needs to be healthy. And I think, you know, Baltimore, it's two great signings for them. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a good honorable mention. Um, I really don't like the Ravens at all. Um, just personally, uh, Raheem the Dream Moore let Jacoby Jones over the top for Flacco to hit him. I'm still not over that, um, clearly. Uh, but Brutal. It was. It was. Um, but uh, realistically, Almost yeah. Almost as bad as you know, Tony Romo muffing a snap. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's something you never forget. In the playoffs. It's something you never forget. But uh, realistically, they are having a really good – um, offseason making some very strategic moves I feel uh, nothing has been you know a swing and a miss it's all been very calculated it's all been very uh, intentional which in free agency is something that's sometimes very important um, my honorable mention they're just swinging for at anything right now I'm going to give the Jacksonville Jaguars my honorable mention I think they've had a pretty good uh, free agency class. And I know you don't entirely agree with me in this, but um, I heard a statistic yesterday from Colin Cowherd where the team that spends the most money in free agency on average wins five more games the next year. Yeah, I mean, you can only go up if you're if you're Jacksonville, so... I don't know if you're done with your honorable mentions, but let's let's move into the bad, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars for me. <laughs> um, I th- I think I mean Christian Kirk. I, I like Christian Kirk. I think he's I think he's a stud receiver. But I'm not saying I would not want to sign Christian Kirk, but I definitely would have want to sign him for 72 million dollars over four years. When I mean he he hasn't shown to be seventy two million dollar wide receiver at this point, no. and I'm not sure that he he is that. Um, but then to compound that, you sign Zay Jones to a three year twenty four million dollar deal, which I I would venture to say there's other receivers to his level that you could get for cheaper um, in free agency or in the draft or better that would Evan be Ingram, about the same. So, for example, DJ Chark was signed for a one-year, $10 million deal elsewhere. Why not bring DJ Chark back? Unless he didn't Um, want to come back. Unless he didn't want to come back. But then you signed Evan Ingram. One-year, $9 million. Four years ago, that might have been a good signing. But the guy cannot stay healthy. Evan Ingram is a, a tremendous talent at tight end. But the guy can't stay healthy, so... 
I don't know the details of that contract, how much is guaranteed. There might be some clauses in there that, you know, it, it might not have be to all, play a certain all guaranteed. Percentage. But spend money on Brandon Sheriff, which I think is a good signing. Um, get Foley Fatukasi, three years, $30 million, and Foyer Olakun for three years and forty-five. So they're spending a lot of money in this it seems to me that they think they're a playoff team. And in the AFC South, I, I don't think it's out of the question. But I think there are some questionable moves by Jacksonville. So I'm not going to say that I love all of their moves. I gave them a B-plus because I like the players that they are getting. I'm not necessarily crazy about the prices that they are paying. So I think that the, the personnel that they're bringing in is good. However, in the long run, I think it's going to hurt them because they're paying way too much money the same way that it has hurt the Cowboys and how much they're paying Zeke and how much they were paying Cooper. And that's going to be a nice transition into my bat is the Cowboys. And I think losing out on Gregory was huge. Uh, trading away Cooper, that stings, especially after losing out on Gregory. It's almost like, well, you could have kept him then. If you'd have known Gregory wasn't so, staying, so not ugly. The Cowboys didn't. They didn't fit that last tier of ugly. No, they're okay. ugly. That's no, they're ugly. <laughs> I skipped my bad. I guess. I just went straight. That's all right. To we'll, ugly. We'll, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep 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 piling it on. What else did we do wrong? Well, you let Cedric Wilson go to the Dolphins, which I liked that signing by the Dolphins. I thought I think that's a really nice pickup uh, to partner with Waddle. And Devontae Parker, I think that gives them three uh, viable receivers, uh, along with uh, Gusecki. Um, and then on top of that, just the man- how they managed to push Randy Gregory, Randy Gregory away like that. That's just what makes that uh, the ugly for me. Is that it's not that he didn't want to play there. It's that they pushed him away. That's what makes it ugly for me. It's it, They were already bad, and then you push away a guy like Randy Gregory, and now it's just ugly. And it's – I mean, yeah, you said it earlier. Von Miller's still available. He's from Texas. He might go play for the Cowboys, but that's what makes it ugly for me. And they, they still have a chance to turn it around. We were talking before the show. Ton of talent still out there. Ton of talent. I consider myself a Cowboys. So you've got like different variety of Cowboys fans. I consider myself a Cowboys optimist. I don't think I'm a Cowboys homer to the point where I can't see the truth. Like last year, I was, you know, I was like, you know what? I think we could possibly get to the Super Bowl, but I would not pick the Cowboys. I consider myself an optimist. So Cowboys lose out on Amari Cooper, and I'm thinking, you know what? Twenty million dollars a year—that's okay. That, that's all right. I, I think Dak. We keep hearing Dak has been terrible without Cooper, which is true. Yeah. But it also has to do with the offensive line. They've had a lot of injuries. And I think you give him an offseason with a new wide receiver core, a healthy offensive line, and I think Dak can still be well, a, and a healthy Dak. quarterback. And a healthy Dak because he wasn't completely healthy last offseason. He's still coming off that leg injury. Yeah, and a healthy Dak. And then they lose Gregory, and I'm like, you know what? Vaughn Miller's still out there. Yeah. Five years, $70 million is a lot for a guy who hasn't been that reliable. Yeah. And then now, you know, I don't like trading Amari for a fifth and swapping six-round picks. I feel like that's 
I think they could have done better than that. Be a little more strategic about that. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it is salvageable, but the Cowboys seem to be trending in the wrong direction. And, yeah, uh, with I, the, I think so too. I don't think uh, Carson Wentz going to the Washington Commanders is anything to be scared about. No. But, you know. No. I, I at think this point it looks like the Cowboys the are good enough to make the playoffs, but I'm not sure how much further they're going to get than that. So. Well, and sometimes I feel like that's almost detrimental. Like if – like I'd almost rather be in a really good division where – it's like, well, crap, we're getting beat up, so we got to change some things. We got to fire our coach. We got to, like, in Denver, like, I felt like they had a mediocre roster that could beat the bad teams, couldn't beat the good teams, but we were in such a good division that we lost a lot, a lot of division games, and it came down to, well, the coach isn't cutting it, the roster's not cutting it. You know, we saw a drastic overhaul, which is something that. You know, is that detrimental to the Cowboys that they've been in such a weak division for so long now? I I, I don't I don't see it that way. I see it as you at least give yourself a chance to win the Super Bowl. We've seen wild card teams win the Super Bowl before. We've seen you know teams without a first round bye win the Super Bowl before. So I think I'd prefer to be in a bad division. You make the you make the playoffs, and I think the Cowboys have had a good enough roster. To compete in the for a Super Bowl in the past decade, but, a handful of times, but for whatever reason, um, I say it's coaching. Yeah, they lose those close games, and I think it's to me it's coaching. Yeah, and I feel like that happens in the regular season too, where when it's close, they they just don't have it. Yeah, I think. Uh, they haven't had a good defense in some of those Romo years, but I think they have a good defense now, but we saw a meltdown against the Niners with penalties and yep. mental mistakes. So, Yeah. So talking about the Niners, they're another one of my um, bad free agency uh, so far. Realistically, it could be worse for them, um, but they've lost – Lakin Tomlinson, who was one of your, you know, key signings going over to the Jets. DJ Jones, another one of your key signings going to Denver. Um, they were able to bring on uh, Charvarius Ward. Make sure I say that correctly. Three years, forty point five million from Kansas City, the corner. Uh, realistically, that's a, that's a ton of money, and I didn't, I didn't think he played quite that well <laughs> just being honest yeah it was uh they haven't done a whole lot san francisco hasn't done a whole lot this offseason so well they're not even retaining who they have like that i think that's a big thing for me is like can you retain the stars that you have you know dj jones for 10 million a year san fran should have done that if he wanted to play there he should have been playing there for that price. Um, just being real. Um, same with Tomlinson. I feel like you got you have to keep your your best players. Um, and not saying that those two guys are you know the best of the best on their roster, but DJ Jones second rated 
interior defensive lineman behind Aaron Donald. So stats speak for themselves. Yeah, San Francisco seemingly moving into the uh, – uh, I'm blanking. The, uh, the new era. What, what's the quarterback's name? I'm blanking here. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, the Trey Lance era. Uh, so not, not retaining Tomlinson. We'll see. Maybe they've got a plan. But uh, another team out west in that same division that I think has not had a great offseason, Arizona Cardinals. Yep. We've, got the, we've got the Kyler Murray drama. Meltdown. Whatever it is, whatever's going on there. Um, you can see a common theme of my, uh, of my uh, analysis here on signings is overspending for players that shouldn't. They broke one of my cardinal rules, pun intended. Signed James Conner to a three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal. Oh, that was. Oh, that that made me hurt inside. <laughs> what are you doing? Great year for James Conner if you had him on your fantasy team. Scored a bunch yeah. of touchdowns, got a good amount of touches, but three years, twenty-one million dollars. Running backs are just more repl- they're they're replaceable, and I didn't think that made sense. Zach Ertz, three years, $31 million. To me, this was a Kyler Murray appeasement. Get rid of Christian yeah. Kirk and or don't re-sign Christian Kirk. So you re-sign Zach Ertz, who had a great year after leaving Philly and Arizona. But uh, the guy's been hurt, banged up a lot. I'm just not sure that that was the right move. Signing two veteran injury-prone players I mean, to fairly large contracts. Ertz, I don't mind the Ertz one as much. Just because he was productive. I mean, so is Connor, but Ertz is, I don't know. I I like the Ertz signing a little bit more because I feel like the market for a tight end, especially if his caliber went healthy, uh, was not, it's not great this year in free agency. There's not a ton of tight ends to go out and get. Um, So I liked retaining Ertz, but the Connor signing, come on. You know, if you're going to sign Connor, make a play for like Melvin Gordon and try to get Melvin Gordon, who I think is substantially better than James Connor. Um, maybe pay a little bit more, but try to get Melvin Gordon for three years. That'd have been the play I would have pulled. Yeah, and maybe it was a bit of a panic signing. They lose Chase Edmonds and they go right. and make sure they re sign James Connor, or they just preferred Connor over Edmonds. But either way. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, either way, a lot of car- a lot of questions for the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury got a lot of hate towards the end of last year with how they finished the season. Yeah. Kyler Murray drama. So it seems like this could be a backwards move for the Cardinals going into next year. Well, and after the Russell Wilson trade, I thought for sure like the Seahawks were going to have the worst off season. Um and the NFC West, but uh, chirping at their heels, Cardinals trying to claim that worst off-season spot. We'll see how the draft goes for those two teams, but realistically, neither of them are doing much to improve themselves. So what I at one point thought could be the best division in football when Russ was still with the Seahawks, now I'm looking at it thinking, you know, if Trey Lance is the starter – not a huge sample size. The Seahawks, I've heard, are content riding with Drew Locke. 
best of luck because that did not work out in Denver. Um, and then you go to the Cardinals, and, you know, letting your best pass rusher go, letting a key receiver go. They're not planning on signing A.J. Green back from what I've heard. You know, so you're you're to the point where you've got DeAndre Hopkins and Zach Ertz and, you know, Rondell Moore. I like Moore. It's a good piece. I like Moore, but not as much as I liked Kirk, um, but not for that price, obviously. But I feel like you're... I feel like Hopkins is is getting into a situation again like he was in in Houston where he's the guy. He's got an eh second guy, an eh running back, and a good quarterback. I mean, it's I, I feel like the Cardinals are turning into the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, um speak, you know, you talked about the Seahawks. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is exactly what I thought the Seahawks should do: was blow it up, and they they have trade rut. <laughs> Bobby Wagner's gone. Is Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are they next? We'll see. But I'm a little confused. The Seahawks maybe seem to have one foot still in competing. I don't know if that's the pride of the franchise. Pete Carroll. They signed Quandre right. Diggs, three years, forty million. Um, you know, excellent safety. Walt Dis- Will Disley, three years, $24 million. I guess that's not too bad for a tight end, but I-, I don't think the Seahawks will be awful next year. I think they'll be competitive, but they'll lose. They'll probably lose those close games. I think that's where they are. I think they don't want to be terrible, I mean, but, but they still want to compete. And again, I think it's going to come down to what do they do with the wide receivers. I don't think they're going to resign Rashad Penny. Pete Carroll's coming no. back. I don't think he wants to go out. You know, he's in the seventies. I don't think he wants to go out with like a two and fifteen season. So, no, I don't think they'll be that bad. Um, I think, as far as tiers go, I think they're with Drew Locke. I feel like if he's the starting quarterback, they're not going to win a ton of games. But I feel like they'll win some games that they shouldn't, and then they'll. You know, lose games that I feel like they maybe should win. Um, I feel like they have a chance to be better than Houston. I have. I feel like they have a chance to be better than the Giants. Um, other than that, I don't. I feel like they're one of the five worst teams in the league, but they will win a few games. They're not going to go winless. Um, but like I said, it really just kind of depends on. If they get rid of their receivers, they get rid of their receivers. They're toast. Yeah, I, I don't see them getting rid of Metcalf. Maybe lock no. it, but we'll see. We'll see. What do we got next year? You know what? Hey, uh, th- I feel like this is another under under the radar kind of a thing. ESPN gets Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for Monday Night Football. Your thoughts? Honestly, I'm I'm kind of happy about that. It I think it's going to breathe a breath of fresh air into ESPN Monday Night Football. I still won't watch uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman because I'm going to be watching Peyton Manning and Eli Manning 
Uh, I really enjoyed what they did with Monday Night Football last year, and they're bringing them back uh, this upcoming year. So the fact that ESPN would go out and get those two doesn't make a ton of sense to me just because of how popular the Manning Monday Night with the Mannings was. Um, That's just a ton of money, in my opinion, to to pull that. But not only – if I understand the contract correctly, not only is Joe Buck coming for Monday Night Football, but he would then be doing other ESPN uh, sports as well. So he would no longer be with Fox. I, I didn't see the details. If I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, I didn't see those details. But my first thought was, I mean, Monday Night Football was they, – they've been like swapping out people seemingly every year every couple of years so i think this was yeah. a, a big get for them we're in the era of all these big sports conglomerates like nbc fox kind of outbidding each yep. other for talent them just kind of people swapping bouncing back and forth so i think that was a great get for them i think that'll get a certain audience more engaged in monday night football that doesn't want to watch the manning cast now me i watch the manning cast but you gotta admit there's a little bit yeah. of awkwardness there they kind of bring on guests. They're not always talking exactly about the game. And for some people, they don't want that. They want to watch the game, and they want you know, good announcers. So I think I think that will help big yeah. time for ESPN. I think it will help with ESPN. Um, I mean, realistically, having it on you know, two separate channels, ESPN and ESPN2, that, I feel like that helps anyway with ratings, you know, giving people less options of stuff to watch yep um but yeah i think it'll definitely help um it was to the point where on monday night football i i honestly would turn down the volume i didn't care that much if it was before the manning uh monday night with the mannings i really didn't care to listen to the commentating that much um i'm not a huge booger mcfarland fan at all when they did the sideline cam thing that drove me nuts like they've been trying all this stuff for like the last four or five years that I'm, I'm just not, I haven't been a fan of. So um, I think getting back to the basics and getting two of the best announcers, I think that was a big get. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Fox does, uh, kind of to replace their primetime guys. Well, hey, Cameron, we haven't talked about our, our hometown Bengals yet, which actually was one of my honorable mentions for the off season. They addressed the offensive line. They got Alex Kappa from the Bucks at guard. Uh, Patriots center Ted Karras. They re- they tagged Jesse Bates. They got uh, re-signed defensive tackle B.J. Hill. But mainly they addressed the offensive line. Now I know a lot of my friends were upset about C.J. Uzama signing with the Jets. I think it was three years, $24 million. So... What are your thoughts on the Bengals offseason, and is losing Uzama that big of a loss? I think uh, I think losing Uzama is a huge loss, and I also think losing uh, Larry Ogunjobi to the Bears for three years, forty and a half million. I think that's a huge loss too. Um, so as as many good things as the Bengals have done this offseason addressing the offensive line issues, which obviously needed addressed. We saw that time after time as Joe Burrow was picking himself up off of the grass. Uh, I mean, realistically, yeah, it was ridiculous. (laughs) So 
as good as moves as those were, I think it was terrible to let those two guys walk. I understand you have to let Ogan Joby leave. That's a, a really high price tag. I understand that one. The one I didn't understand was the CJ Uzama. Uh, he seemed like, you know, Burrow's safety blanket at times. You know, yes, he's got Chase, Higgins, Boyd. But sometimes when you need a big target across the middle of the field, you need a reliable tight end. I feel like that's the first reliable tight end that the Bengals have had in four or five years uh, that has been able to stay on the field for the for the most part. And he would catch the pretty much anything thrown his way. He also was a above-average run blocker, too. I think they're going to miss him in the running game as well. So realistically, um, I... I didn't put the Bengals in my honorable mention just because of those two losses. I still give them a B minus overall as far as a grade. I think they've done really well this offseason. Um, I'm excited to see what they do in the draft, though, because now that they've addressed some of the offensive line issues, there's a lot more depth at other positions at pick 31. So if there's a top offensive lineman, go get them at 31. If not, don't reach but you can address maybe a defensive line, lineman, uh, tight end, which that would be a reach because there's no real good tight ends in this draft. Um, but realistically, you don't have to reach. You can address those other positions. Corner, maybe get a uh, Roger McCreary from Auburn at 31. That would be, I think, a, a very good value pick if he's not already taken. Yeah, I think the AFC North got better this offseason uh, everywhere except maybe in Cleveland. They lose Jarvis Landry. Um, well, they got Cooper. They, you know what they did? They did get Amari Cooper. Um, we'll see who's throwing him the ball. Um, they resigned, or I'm sorry, they're they're losing Austin Hooper, released Austin Hooper. Um, so we'll see. AFC North going to be competitive again. There's a lot of good free agents out there left for teams to still fill out their rosters. Let's talk about some of the top free agents that are left um, and where they might be going starting with Vaughn Miller. Um, I, I think there's going to be a, a couple teams bidding for Vaughn Miller. Dallas and um, some other teams. Where do you see Vaughn Miller landing? Uh, the longer this drags out, the less likely I feel it as he goes back to the Rams. Um, I feel like they've had plenty of opportunity. I really felt like he was going to go back to the Rams or go to Denver he, it's drug on so long. Denver's already gotten Gregory, and the longer it goes on with the Rams, I don't know if he goes to the Rams. Uh, he definitely wants to go to a contender at this point in his career. I think we could see him end up in Dallas. Um, but honestly, I think he does end up back with the Rams. That's that's where I think he he ends up for probably the next two to three years. Um, and then I think he... I think he'll retire a Bronco, but um, I think I think he ends up back at the Rams. But I think it I think it's like eighty twenty eighty percent Rams twenty percent Cowboys. That's kind of that's kind of the vibes I'm getting right now. I think he signs in uh, back in L.A. two or three years, fully guaranteed contract. Uh, Bobby Wagner, yeah. another huge name that's out there, a veteran guy. A lot of teams wanting Bobby Wagner. Um, where do you see Bobby Wagner landing? Oh, he's going to Denver. Hands down going to Denver. 
uh, going to go play with his buddy Russ. Played with him for a decade. Lots of Pro Bowls, Super Bowl champions. He wants to run it back. He wants to win a Super Bowl in Denver. That's my uh, – I'm, I'm calling See it. that? Bobby Wagner, Denver. I could – Russ is recruiting him. It's another all-in kind of a deal. Kind of like we saw with the Rams last year, the Bucks, all these veteran players flocking to these teams right. trying to get a Super Bowl. So I could see that. We'll see. I think the Cowboys will make a push. And uh, yeah, we'll see. He's got a he's got a home in Dallas. He wants to come to Dallas. No state tax. Okay. I could see that too. Uh realistically though, I could also see him going to Pittsburgh. I think he fits really well in that defense. Um if he thinks that Mitch Trubisky can be that guy if he is bought into Mitch Trubisky or if they um make another roster move to get a another quarterback. I think that pairing him with uh, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Toots coming back after being out all last year. I think that that would be a, a pretty good fit as well. Another A number of other free agents I have got on my list. Offensive tackle from the Saints, Taron Armstead. Uh, Chandler Jones signed with Las Vegas today. Uh, that was a huge signing for them. Yeah. Allen Robinson's out there. Stephon Gilmore. The Honey Badger's out there. Um, Jadavion Clowney. Quarterback Jameis Winston. OBJ, the Rams still haven't signed OBJ back. I know they're working on that contract. And then uh, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, a lot a lot of people out there. Uh, according to CBS, their number 100 free agent, uh, Chris Harris Jr., I think he's flying under the radar. Yes, he's 32, but I think he's gotten his money. Still a very viable slot corner. Um, he might want a little bit too much money for the point he's at in his career, but I think he could be a very big impact player for a contender and if you can get him to at a good price point i think the productivity is going to be very solid from him too how about uh how about kirk cousins signing a one-year 35 million dollar deal kirk, so kirk that cousins seems a little teach lo- a class on how to get paid when you're not at the top of well, your industry how to get paid at the top of the industry when you're not at the top of the industry. Nothing but love for Kirk Cousins. Good quarterback, solid. But, man, that guy's made some money without really ever being an elite quarterback. I mean, you can say he's not an elite quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. And any more to get paid, that's all you got to do. Talking about the best quarterback of getting paid and doing nothing – I saw where Chase Daniels signed another contract, and if he doesn't throw a pass this year, he will have made like $177,000 per pass in the NFL. So talk about the master of making money for doing nothing, (laughs) Chase Daniels. But back to Kirk Cousins. That's a lucrative deal that puts him right at the top of the upper echelon. Um, if we didn't think the Vikings were all in on Cousins, I think they just told us to shut up. So I, I don't agree with the signing, but well, I feel like they're still going to be that middle of the road team. It didn't get they didn't get any better. Cousins isn't going to get any better, and taking that much money from the salary cap, what are they going to put around him? I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky at what seven million dollars a year, eight million dollars a year than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, give me Mitch, right? But Hey, right. got receivers, Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Cousins is gonna he's gonna look good. 
he's gonna he's gonna throw a lot of passes and he's gonna complete a lot of passes to some really good talent. And good for him. Hey, good for him. Still not gonna win the division. Or even no. come close. As long as Aaron Rodgers is there, it's not gonna be close. And honestly, uh the way the Bears and the Lions are improving their rosters, I could see them doing just as well as the Vikings this year. Yeah, I like what uh the Lions have done this offseason. They've kind of gotten some good too. Uh, value deals, signing guys to one-year deals, and upgraded their offense, upgraded their defense. I, I think Jared Goff is not the answer, but he's a he's a decent quarterback to have in place that you traded for until uh, you find your guy, which could be Malik Willis. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think Aiden Hutchinson, but there's some rumblings that Malik Willis – May have worked himself up to number two uh, with his combine showing. I'm excited for the draft. Uh, a lot of news and a lot of free agency left until that point. Uh, I don't think we're done talking about trades and deals either. I think there's a lot of trades to be had still. Uh, a lot of moving on that draft board uh, still to be had. Um, so far, we've been pretty accurate with our uh analysis of where we think people are going to go as far as uh, Russ and Rogers and Cooper and uh, we've been pretty accurate so uh, it's reassuring to to know that we're on the right track our sources are our, good. our sources are great you know Ian Rappaport Ed Warder Field Yates you know those are <laughs> those are my inside sources can I get their numbers? Because I've just just been, the Twitter uh, feed. I've been my I'll own give, source. I'll give you their uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think some of these offseason moves were it, it, they just made sense. They just made sense. So yeah, you know, you hear the reports. You you know, you follow these teams. You watch the teams. You you understand how they kind of operate, and, and it just makes sense. So. Uh, bold prediction. Yep. Bold prediction for the remaining the remainder of free agency. What's one bold prediction that you've got? I think my bold prediction is going to be that Allen Robinson gets a smaller contract than Christian Kirk. Okay. I think that he is a better player than Christian Kirk and deserves more money, not that he deserves more than Christian Kirk got, but I think that Christian Kirk's contract is going to be bigger than whatever Allen Robinson gets. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're looking for in bold, but uh, I think that that's that's going to be kind of a a point of contention possibly moving forward uh, when we continue to look at this mind-boggling contract that Christian Kirk got. Um, as far as, you know, other bold predictions, I could see, you know, some of these veterans not getting the contracts that they want could hold out. Um, I think, uh, you know, players like Devonte Adams holding out, didn't want to play in the franchise tag. I think some of these old, older players are going to want guaranteed money, uh, that teams are not going to want to give them. And so, um, I could see some guys like Stefan Gilmore. I could see him hold out. I could see him not get signed by a team because he feels like he deserves more money and then end up a free agent that you know gets signed week four when 
you know, seven corners from the Ravens tear their ACL again. Um, <laughs> so, that I mean, those are my two bold predictions. Is Stephon Gilmore is going to be a free agent come the start of training camp, and Allen Robinson's going to get a smaller contract than Christian Kirk. What about you? Bold What's your prediction. bold prediction? Uh, Dallas signs Allen Robinson. We'll still go with Allen Robinson. Is that? I mean, I don't know, is that bold? I don't know if that's bold. Okay. But I think Allen Robinson sees a vacancy for a team that needs a receiver that just lost two, and Dallas signs him. Um, other in a, in place, a place he can, he can win, win too. where he can. People talk about it, the off the field stuff. You know, there's some there's some money to be made. You know, in marketing in Dallas. Um, other bold prediction. I think uh, I think I think we see Jadavian Clowney again going into training camp without a team in a deal. <laughs> yeah. Again. So I don't I don't know if that's bold. Which that's just mind boggling to me. I don't know if that's bold for for Clowney. Is that I mean? Well, I mean, maybe so- that's maybe the bold prediction would be that he did, he is signed by training camp. I don't know. That might be, you know, make a bold prediction that, you know, Jadavion Clowney to the Cowboys. That'd be bold. I don't think the Cowboys want Clowney. Dallas has become a team of I don't drafting either. That's guys and re-signing instead of doing the free agency stuff. So, Well, they've, they've done extremely well drafting players lately. They have, and it's, it's netted us one, one playoff win. Thanks for joining us again for this episode of Bench Bums, the good, the bad, and the ugly of NFL free agency. I'm Cam Summers with me, Anthony Baird, and we have really enjoyed using Riverside.fm for our video editing. It has allowed us to record. Anthony and I are, what, about two and a half, three hours away. It has allowed us to do video, audio, everything uh, very seamlessly. It's been a great resource for us. if you're interested in trying it out for yourself, for your own podcast, or if you just have interviews that you like to do for work, for school, that kind of stuff that you like to record, uh, you can go ahead and uh, follow the link below. And that's our affiliate link that just really help us out. Uh, if you subscribe, that helps us out um, if you go through our link. So if you're interested in finding out more about Riverside.fm, click the link below. Uh, Once again, thanks for joining us on this episode of Bench Bums. We'll see you next week.